wrist and gasped. I left my watch back at the house. It's been five days and... and... She peered up into the branches, squinting, trying to gauge the sun's location. Landon gasped in mock horror. Oh, no, Holly. We don't know how many hours have passed today, let alone minutes. He stooped and lowered his voice. Or seconds, or nanoseconds, or... Stop! Oh! Holly snapped her eyes shut and covered her ears. Landon smiled and sat down by his sisters. The truth was he was feeling as disappointed as they were, if not more. He missed his friends there, especially his truest companion, the horse named Melech. Holly looked at Bridget. And you've never even seen Wonderwood Bridge. Only that strange island and the sea and... And Ipops, said Bridget, and the bears. I miss them. From the cornfield across the fence a rustle arose, followed by a swarm of blackbirds rising into the air, and then dipping as one before rising again and flying off in a wave. Landon frowned as the trailing wisp of birds faded into the distance. "'What's wrong?' asked Bridget, eyeing him askance. Landon stared toward the horizon, seeing only a dusky sky. "'I'm not sure,' he said. "'I've just got this awful feeling that something's wrong.' He blinked and turned to his sisters. "'In Wonderwood,' Holly leaned closer. "'Are you seeing a vision, Landon?' like the animals you saw at the football game? Normally, Holly would have whispered such a question. Landon's visions, the turning pages in his Bible, and their magical trips from the button-up library remained the snow children's secrets. But out here in the open country, who could possibly hear them? Landon closed his eyes a moment and then gazed out across the top of the cornfield, it's like I'm not really seeing anything except... Holly and Bridget were watching him, waiting. Except what? Holly asked keenly. Yeah, said Bridget. What do you see? Landon knew the blackbirds were long gone. He could swear he was seeing dark wisps rising from the field. Not just one, but dozens of black wavy columns rising like... Smoke, Landon said, nearly choking on the word. His mouth and throat had suddenly gone dry. His palms felt moist despite the cooling evening air. Holly and Bridget looked out toward the field and shook their heads. Or, Landon said abruptly, his throat was tightening like a vice, they might be shadows. He could barely whisper, the last word. The mysterious black clouds vanished. Landon blinked. He scanned to the left and to the right. Now he wondered if he had seen anything. The children sat pensively beneath the willow. Bridget tentatively pried the stillness. What's it like, dear? Landon felt his mouth curl into a half-smile, even as he pondered the dark foreboding that tugged at his heart. 
We've told you a hundred times already, Bridge. It's a forest of huge trees with especially huge whump trees that people could live inside. And then there's Ludo's tree, the biggest of them all, which looks like... Twenty-seven. Holly interrupted. Landon arched his eyebrows. What? We've told her what it's like twenty-seven times, not a hundred, unless you've told her another seventy-three times when I wasn't there. Landon stared at her. You're kidding, right? You have seriously counted the times I've told Bridget about Wonderwood? Holly smugly shrugged. I want to hear about it, Bridget said quietly. In case, well, in case we don't get to go there this time. Landon lay on his back and clasped his fingers behind his head, gazing up at the willow's canopy. Holly and Bridget did the same, so that their elbows nearly touched to form a triangle. The great thing about a summer day in northern Minnesota is that it never wants to end. Daytime clings to rays of sunlight, stretching them like a child refusing to relinquish a favorite blanket. Even when the sun dips past the horizon, the sky resists giving in to the darkness. Landon loved this time of day, a perpetual dusk. It started when I got the Dreamstone and Bartholomew G. Beneford's old Bible for my birthday almost two years ago. He turned to glance at the ancient book lying nearby. As Landon continued recounting the tale of his climbing the Book of Meanings and meeting Melek as a giant chest knight and following the clues to solve the Octor's riddle, it dawned on him that he was turning into a storyteller like his Grandpa Carl. This thought pleased him, warming him inside. "'You're next, Holly,' Landon said some time later. "'Really?' I get to tell about the shadows of Mount Oskedom this time? At the mention of the strange evil name, a subdued mood settled over them. Landon thought again of the flock of blackbirds and of his vision of smoke or shadows. Holly brightened the mood with the mention of the fireflies lighting up the golden dome like fireworks flying around. With no dim corner to escape to, Mount Oskedom had been defeated, temporarily. Finally, it was Bridget's turn to talk about her one adventure, not to Wonderwood, where the previous two had occurred, but out to sea and then to the island of Arcanum. When she finished, remembering their sudden return from the ship's storeroom to Grandma Alice's kitchen pantry, Landon felt his stomach rumble. Hungry, he said. Me too, said Holly in response. I could use a bedtime snack. Is it really that late? said Landon. A faint pink ribbon was warding off the blanket of deep purple pushing across the sky. Yeah, even without my watch, I'm pretty sure it is. Bridget sprawled and yawned, tapping her brother and sister with her outstretched hands. But remember, said Landon, these stories are just for us. We don't tell them to anyone else, right, Bridget? He swiveled his head her way. I know, I know. I won't tell anyone. Landon turned his head the other way. Right, Holly? Holly sighed. For the twenty-eighth time, yes. 
Secret, of course. All right, Landon said, confident in the Willow's ability to keep their shared secret. Landon stood with his Bible and helped his sisters up. As they started down the hill toward their grandparents' house, a voice caught them from behind. Right, 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 go, it's about time you get off my property. Landon and his sisters came to a dead halt, then turned around. Landon could see no one on or around the hill. Reluctant to move, he decided to at least put on a brave front for Holly and Bridget. Who said that? He forced himself to speak louder than he wanted. When no response came, Landon grudgingly climbed the hill. Who said that? He practically yelled at the field of corn. He felt bolder from his place beneath the willow. A slight movement caught Landon's eye. A figure was propping himself on the top rail of the fence. He was difficult to see. Based on the stranger's voice, Landon guessed it was a boy a little older than himself. The boy leaned from the other side of the fence, rows of corn spread behind him. I did. What you gonna do about it? The movement Landon had noticed was a wavering piece of straw sticking out from the boy's mouth. It waggled even more when he spoke. Holly and Bridget came alongside their big brother. Landon wanted to get a closer look at the stranger, but he was not quite ready to actually approach the fence. This isn't your property, Holly scoffed, and Landon touched her on the shoulder to be careful. Yeah, said Bridget. It's ours. Landon grabbed Bridget's arm. It's not ours.